Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining me this week, Lavender Gooms. Sad, sad day for love, uh, gentlemen. Oh, no. Dale Moss and Claire Crawley of The Bachelorette have broken up again. Oh, what a mm-hmm. shame. I know those people. They, uh, they couldn't decide on where to raise their kids and how soon to start a family. So it's a damn shame, guys. You know? They didn't agree on where they were going to raise their non-existent children? Yo. Okay. It's the, it's, those are the big decisions in life, Bobby. You know, where to raise your imaginary children. All right, for the three of you still left, um, we'll, uh, uh, there was a UFC card this past weekend. We, had, uh, we have no new champions. Uh, we had some Correct. old dudes throw down and throw about 500,000 punches, is my understanding. Mm. So that was fun. Um, got ourselves uh, and Jessica Andraz out there calling out women that she's lost to before, which is what you do, I guess, when you're on a winning streak. Oh, so, makes sense. Um, revenge. Yeah, we got some news that was just shocking. That John Jones, man. You can't even you can't even put John Jones in Vegas for twelve hours. Yo, <laughs> such a great quote by Data White. Data White gives no fucks. I like how he's just breaking it down to like some people can't handle Vegas. I'm like, <laughs> he gets arrested other places too. <laughs> was it for Vegas? I thought he just I thought it was stuff he did back home. No, no, I thought oh, he. I, that was at Vegas. I, in Vegas, Jesus. look, and it's like something with a car. Yeah, that was weird. Come on, I, I, I need to break down what happened if, if here. John Jones, if John Jones is getting in trouble, you know what car is involved somehow. If it's not him running over a pregnant woman, it's him <laughs> getting from inducted it. into the UFC Hall of Fame and like two hours later hitting someone with a car or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or attacking a car. So we'll talk know, about that. Uh, fight. Uh, we got a fight cancellation and we'll see what's going on there. We're going to make a couple picks. Uh, main event of this UFC card and actually the Bellator card. Um, which if somebody could figure out if it's happening in the United Kingdom again, it is. I, mm-hmm. it I is? think so. Let's check. It is. Well, the, did, they, did he beat his ass in the UK the first time too? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure this one's in London. Okay. Uh, Marcus, see if you can figure out when Diego Lima beat up MVP, if where that was. Okay. Now you're changing assignments on me. Do you want to know where the fight's happening this time? Well, he's saying he's confidently saying it's London. We lose one person from the podcast, and Bobby gets he gets like you know shit. I can't remember the word. Well, I figured out where the I figured out the one where this week is. It's in London. Mike's right. That's true. Mike's right. Good job, Mike. All right. Anyway, by that time we'll figure that out later. All right, let's get into it. Good lord, Um, UFC two sixty six. Marcus, did you walk away from that main event between Alexander Volkanovski and Brian Ortega wondering does Alexander Volkanovski need oxygen to function? Because those chokes, woo, they were in. Um, what do you think of his resilience and his overall performance? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I do think we'll have to talk about the third round because I think that was obviously the most interesting. But leading up to the third round, 
Um, it seemed pretty standard affair, especially, you know, how I had figured the fight would break down and what actually happened in it. Um, like I mentioned last week, I thought Alexander was going to look at each exchange as its own little mini game to win, you know, getting in cleanly, scoring his shots and getting out without taking a lot of punishment. Um, and he did that extremely efficiently for the first two rounds, which I personally wasn't super surprising for me. You know, we knew that he had that skill set. We saw we saw him displayed extremely well against Max Holloway in their last two fights. We know Brian Ortega made some big leaps in what he's been able to do stand up wise, but it, it showed pretty early on that. Alexander is just kind of working on a higher level here. His entries, his shot selection, his feints to line up the shots, his strikes to lead up shots that he wants to actually land with power. Um, it was all there and working for him. Uh, you know, it was pretty smooth sailing until the third round. You know, Brian, and, and not to say Brian wasn't landing his own shots and doing his own work pretty efficiently well as well. He was landing shots. He was getting some of the exchanges, but obviously just losing it on the numbers, on the scorecards. Um, it wasn't until that third round where Alexander was, I think he was throwing a kick and Ortega countered with, I think it was like a left straight or maybe a right straight. It kind of knocked him off balance. I mean, one thing Alexander does really well and a lot of, you know, high level strikers do is they, they move, they roll with the shots. Um, and when he got hit with any jabs, you would see him, his head, you know, go back more. And for the judges, that's a little worrisome because they might think these shots are super powerful and this blowing Alexander's head back. But really, that's to negate a lot of the damage he's taking from those shots. So when he did that, when he got countered off the low kick, he fell to the ground and Brian Ortega jumped on him immediately, snacked up uh, a guillotine from Mount. And that was in really, really tight. Like you said, Bobby, that was a full on catch. Um, you know, if we were watching Pride, that, that referee would have been saying, give up give up because <laughs> like it was in deep um and alexander was in it for about 20 seconds he really had to struggle and fight through it um eventually ortega's grip loosened they got into a scramble alexander got on top i think he started throwing a little bit of the ground and pound which is really what overall in this fight i was most impressed with it was just how much damage he was able to do with his ground and pound um but from guard brian ortega then s snacked up a, a triangle very solid um Alexander actually gave up being on top to try to fight it. Uh, uh, Ortega went to try to finish it in a mounted triangle, basically lost the position. Um, Alexander was able to scramble and get on top. And this is where I think the third round is really interesting. I do want to get your guys' opinion. Um, he laid a beating on him. He went fucking Wolverine berserker rage on this dude's ass. And I've never seen someone stacked mount or not mount stacked guard just rain on somebody as good as uh alexander did to brian ortega and in a round where it seemed easily it could have been an ortega 10-8 i kind of think alexander snacked it back up i would give him 10-9 on that round because he basically he stopped ortega like at the end of that round when they separated brian ortega was still on the ground not getting up his corner actually had to get him up and luckily they were right by his corner and they, they were able to sit him down on the stool. I mean, the beating was so savage. They took an extra minute after the, the rest was over and got the physician in there to see how, how uh, Brian was doing, if he'd be able to continue. So, you know, looking back and I only watched the fight once I kind of reversed my, my thought process and be like, I think Alexander took that fight because while there was two extremely close catches at the end of the round, those chokes didn't damage uh, Alexander nearly as much as the ground and pound did. I mean, Brian Ortega's face was fucked up. His eye was swelling pretty quickly. Um, so th that was my biggest takeaway. I mean, the rest of the fight, 
fourth round, Ortega, Ortega did get him on the ground again, did try to go for a guillotine, was unsuccessful there, and we got some more ground and pound. Um, in the fifth right, in the fifth round, I did think Alexander kind of let off the gas a little bit, and Ortega did okay there. Um, but I think he kind of knew, you know, where the fight was headed. So, Mike. Hey, so I have a question as a man. As a washed man who fell asleep right after the Nick Diaz fight and That's didn't watch shame. this, um, understandable but a shame. Based off the uh, the judges' scorecards, I'm seeing. So from what I saw on Twitter, it seemed people said, "Well, it looks like Volkanovski won." And from what I'm gathering, what you're saying, um, t- it seems two the two rounds Ortega won was mainly just because of the two deep uh, submission attempts he got. Did it seem like the rest of the fight, Volkanovski think, was just controlling th- and whooping his ass? If I'm not mistaken, I think some people gave Ortega the fifth, too. Because, like I said, I think Alexander kind of let off the gas a little bit. And, again, it's it's all kind of hazy. It was, a, I mean, first and foremost, you know, we have to say it, it's a fantastic fight. I mean, people are saying this is maybe one of the best, uh, was it, uh, featherweight title fights Without, you know, rewatching his fights with Max and, and going through, you know, the whole history of the division, it's easy to point this out and be like, this was a fantastic fight. You know, Ortega is an extremely difficult opponent to get out of there. Um, so, yeah, I think you could give potentially the third round to Ortega because he got two clean catches. Like, these were submissions that were locked in. But in my eyes, like, Alexander was able to weather those storms, get out of them, and do sin- much more significant damage with the ground and pound. And that's what I really liked. I mean... I think Alexander is extremely skilled in the stand-up. Like I said, he's so good at picking his entries, mixing up his shots so that guys really don't know how to counter him. But it was on the ground and pound where I was like, he could put him away. This is fight-ending stuff here. On the feet, he's landing good shots. He's messing up Ortega's face. Um, But I don't think there was any point in the stand-up where it looked like Ortega was really hurt. Like he took a shot and that buckled him or made his, his legs wobbly or took a hard body shot. That ground and pound, though, that shit almost put him out. So I, in my eyes, I, and that's why I thought the third round was so interesting was that I kind of think, um, Orlovsky and not Orlovsky, Alexander was able to steal that third round in my eyes, but yeah, I don't know the judges. I mean, it was a pretty dominant round for Ortega too. He did get him on the ground. He sat his ass down with a punch. It looked a little bit more like a slip to me, but he snatched up two super solid, um, submissions. But yeah, I mean, Bob, you saw the fight. So what did you think about the third round? I gave it to Volkanovsky. Everybody did actually. Really? The okay. one, the one scorecard that didn't um, have it all every round for Volk gave the mm-hmm. fifth to, uh, to Ryan, um, and that was the only round he gave him. That was the only round he gave him, and I think okay. all, but a lot of a lot of media scorecards had forty had uh, had Volkanovski with only four rounds. I don't know if that's the fifth round with mm-hmm. all them, but honestly, I, I just remember the fifth round that well. Like it, those, it was kind of a blur. And for people who wonder, maybe those submissions weren't that in. They were. Um, there's a really cool clip of uh, Israel Adesanya watching the fight, and Izzy, you know, Volk is Izzy's teammate uh, right. at City Kickboxing, and you can find it on Ariel's Twitter account, Ariel Hawani's Twitter account, and Izzy is just like losing his mind, like "Don't give up, don't give up, don't give up," and he gets out, and the first, you know, the guillotine, and then when he ends up in the triangle, Izzy's like, "Damn, T City, he's good. Come on, Volk, come on, Volk." Yeah, T City. His the T is for triangle, um, or Torrance. I don't know if it's set on that for Brian Ortega, but triangle snatching triangles is what this dude does. Um, and guillotines. These are his two he, best submissions. He's a truly excellent fighter. Um, all around, well done. And I, I mean, I picked wrong. Did anybody else pick him besides me? 
Uh, I did. You I did. picked Alexander. You guys picked Ortega. Yeah, nice pick for you there. But honestly, none of us felt mm-hmm. confident one way or the other. Well, did you feel that confident going into this? I thought it could be one, very, you know, either way. I thought it could really play out. Either either one of them winning. I, I I did mention last week that I like you guys super impressed with Ortega's return against Korean Zombie. His stand up game definitely took a big jump up. But I mentioned last week like he needed to upgrade. I. I really think if he could utilize wrestling and force these matches on the mat, he would have a much better chance of beating a lot of these guys. Cause you know, on the feet, you know, Ortega looked great against Korean zombie, but you know, Alexander is top dog and he's won all his fights with his standup. And it's all about how he mixes things up, how he chooses his entries, how he doesn't get tagged a lot. And what we saw, you know, even on the ground, I mean, even now you look at it, I mean, he survived these, you know, his best submissions, and was able to get on top and then was able to do, I think, better on the ground than he did standing up for the whole fight. He put so much damage on Ortega in that ground and pound. I was so fucking impressed. And I've been really critical of Alexander. He hasn't really I mean, he's looked great on, from a technical standpoint. But I think for me to really, you know, get me all jazzed up on your fights and stuff, I need someone that I really think is putting a hurting on people. And when he's standing up, I kind of just think he he just wants to win the exchange. He sees every exchange as a little game. I got to set this up. I'm going to fl- faint here. I'm going to throw these two punches to land the leg kick. I'm going to throw this kick to land the punch. And he does extremely well in those aspects. But like, I never get the under, like it never crossed my mind. Like, I think he's really trying to put these guys away. I think he's mostly trying to land clean strikes. And you know, if one lands really good, cause he, he throws hard, but he only throws as hard as he can throw fast because his main concern is to get these strikes in and out as quickly as possible. And it's not like, you know, he's pitter pattering or anything here. He's throwing hard strikes, but they're just not he's not sitting down on them enough to really put someone away. But when he did that ground and pound, I was like, this is well, this is what I want to see like, someone putting the hurt on somebody. And that's what he did. The that man looks the like he could have fought another five rounds. Yeah, I mean, his, his cardio was is absurd. Yeah, it was um, insane. And there, um, some side note, it sounds like the city kickboxing team might wholesale as a team mm-hmm. move to the United States. Yeah, I've been hearing that. Um, which was a bit, it's a bit, I don't know how you even do that. Like, do you just build a gym? Right, you, buy, you buy a gym, you and put then, the, like, the fighters in there. And then you, I mean, then you do, I mean, just get a space, get a space, put down some mats. Well, I mean, that, we, well, you got to have that conversation. Brazil do the same thing. I think a lot of people have migrated to the States because it's just like, well, the gym just doesn't all come the normally. are going to be here. The whole gym doesn't move normally. Like, and, they, like and, that's the thing. And the in gym. terms of uh, in terms of New Zealand, I think in particular there is because of how restrictive it seems it's mm-hmm, been yeah. to get back in there. Where I read earlier today that I think for two or three of the city kickboxing fighters that have fights coming up here in the United States, if they come fight here for some reason, they wouldn't be allowed back into New Zealand. Um, for some reason, there, it's so not, you need like a special visa or something. I don't exactly understand how it's working. I know Dan Hooker eventually gets home. Barely made it. Yeah. Does Dan? Dan's not part of that team, though, right? Dan's Isn't not part of. He was. Is he part I'm of City Kickboxing sure too? I mean, whatever New Zealand. I don't know. I, mean, I know. I know. It's the two. He, I know. He's the one. He's the one that broke the news that you know. You're about moving. When he talked about it, that's when. Adesanya actually put up his post, so it seems he is part of City Kickboxing. Okay, I was going to see what other gyms are there in New Zealand. That's what I was thinking. Like, how many of them Island? He is part of City Kickboxing. Okay, uh, yeah, I mean that's a conversation. If you're uh, Eugene Behrman, you're having that with Izzy, you're having it with Volk, and you're having it with, I guess Dan Hooker, right? 
does this seem like a drastic move for an I mean, hopefully, I think we're all hoping this. I don't think it's just because I don't think I don't think it's just because of COVID. I think he's got himself a gym that's peaking, and they got two champions and And training partners. You you got a very I don't know how deep the talent pool is in Australia, but the way they're getting famous is in this country, and if they want to take advantage of that, I don't know how popular the UFC is in Australia. I know how popular it is here. I know how popular Israel Adesanya is, and if they want to attract more, you know more dues paying members i guess i don't know mm. or more fighters even sure. i'm like go ahead i mean I, I think also on a emotional slash uh business level uh one of the things that adesanya t- touched on in some of his on one of his instagram posts was that considering how successful city kickboxing in general has been or i guess how mma is flourishing in, in new zealand i guess for the most part he feels that they aren't getting the same types of breaks and preferential treatment that some of the other sports in New Zealand have gotten. So, for example, um, I think rugby, rugby, mm-hmm. and I think soccer in New Zealand, they get exemptions for a lot of the COVID stuff, whereas they're gotcha. not. You know, so um, I think Izzy was feeling, or maybe just that gym in general is feeling, well. If they're not trying to help us out and we're helping to put New Zealand on the map because outside of Peter Jackson and the Lord of the Rings, who no, really no, talks got, about they got New Zealand? Now. They got Taiki Watiti. I mean, people will just assume he's Australian and move on with their day, Mark. Mm, um, I guess, but... So um, that's the news yeah, that I so, so, Yeah, a couple of reasons. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, you could I do too, you could take the like, I know I know New Zealand's not the same place as the way they got going on with the UK because the UK's got a deep mixed martial arts history i know with sbg and uh connor's team over there um they had just kind of opened up sbg gyms more of them in europe and in the uk specifically maybe not an option down there in new zealand but yeah i mean why not man you got two excellent champions um you got other you got some young talent like kai Carter france um i say france when i say his name not france but um they got some guys over there man and i mean eugene's a hell of a coach he's got two ufc champions I don't know. I think I think Whitman might have two, maybe. I know he has Rose, and Kam- does he have Camaro? I guess now too. I think mm, yeah. I think Camaro. Yeah. He has. Um, he might have more than that. Whitman's the man these days. But yeah, we got champions. He's not, it's not just Greg Jackson anymore with all these champions. I mean, he ain't got no champions. Um, what's he's his name? John Jones. He's, he's not, not a champion. <laughs> he's not a champ. I thought he was, he was light heavyweight. Still. Oh no, you're right. It's Jan. I forgot. You're right. He's got nobody. That's yeah. just washed up. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. He's out. He's getting arrested. That's what he's known for now. Um, co-main event. We don't even get into it. Valentin's the best fighter in the world at 125 pounds, but I like the, it's, this is a weird thing that I enjoyed, but I'm not sure if you guys have paid attention to this, uh, like this whole thing about like random fighters complaining about the ring girls existing. Like mm, Khabib, no, 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 called, Khabib, Khabib yeah. called them useless and shit. And yeah. Valentina after the fight intentionally went over to the ring girls and wanted to take a picture with them. And they asked her about it in the press conference. And, you know, Valentina English isn't her first language. But she said, beautiful women, it's a decoration of any event. And I want people to know that no one has the right to say that they are useless because they're on the place where they have to be. I don't think she worded the word decoration was the best word for that. But she was pretty much explaining how they've been doing this forever. And you don't need to call them useless. 
she, she her heart was in the right place with what she was doing but the way she worded it is like it doesn't sound great yeah i mean i got what you're saying though i think not i think everybody yeah. took it negatively people understood the sentiment of like why are we shitting on the ring girls how is this the company's taking the company's taking 85 percent man the company's taking 85 percent they're complaining that ariani's rich because Ariani's got like six different businesses and shit, and like I don't know, been it, doing this it, it for was, twenty years. It was awkward what she said, but I mean she's not wrong. What they are there for, essentially, is decoration. I mean, I mean, what are cheerleaders there for, man? You're just trying to get the exactly. crowd. You're trying to get the crowd hyped. You're trying to add. The, you're trying to show that people are having a good time here. Hey, crown molding has no functional purpose, but you know what? That shit looks great. I think we should get some hunky dudes for the lady fights. Why, why is it only saying ladies uh, get a ring up? Who is that one dude for that Invicta card? Did Theodora do it? Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last, yeah. Last I don't Theodora, remember if he did. Yeah. Was was he was he at the event or was it just the Wayans? But no, yeah, let's, no. let's get he, some... was, he was a ring man. I, I don't hate that. I mean, look, if it's good enough for the ladies, it's good enough for the gents. Um, and you know they got some Chippendales in Vegas that are just looking for some extra who, work. Who, yeah. Who's Valentina beating up next? They pay me a, they pay me a fair amount. Lather me up in some baby oil. Oh, uh, Bobby. Uh, yeah, Mike, bro. I don't know if you can blow a kiss and people are going to laugh at yeah. you and your little, your little Speedo. Um, <laughs> we well, have the swagger. We don't have it. Guys, who's going to fight her next? Do we have anybody? Uh -huh. A fighter in between uh, my ring boy duties. I mean, because who else is there? That girl <laughs> that beat Roxanne? Uh, I, don't, I didn't see that fight. I wanted to. I mean, she already fought Jessica, right? Wasn't that her last time? Yeah, she fight? beat up Jessica. She beat up yeah. everybody. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's, if Cynthia would have looked good in her fight against Jessica, I mean, maybe, but like she didn't. We'll get into that later. It's tough. That division. I mean, I mean, I, I think she called out Amanda, right? And I think it's it's time to put that as the main event and and sell it like it is. These are two of the best. You can say female MMA fighters, but it's two of the best combatants in a weight class that have dominated their field. And if you can't sell that, then you're not a fucking promoter. If you can't sell Amanda Nunes, the greatest female fighter of all time, she has hold down two divisions. Nobody. And the opponent nobody. might be the second most. <laughs> the second best. Yeah. Would be. If Valentina beats her, she easily takes that moniker. Because now she would. I mean, look, you, it, it, you can't really take away what Amanda Nunes has done here. It is a unbelievable yeah. accomplishment to not just be a two-time champ but to hold those fucking belts nobody man or woman has done it nobody we've seen a couple guys oh i'll get two belts and then oh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna move up and down or they can't defend those belts this woman this athlete has held down two divisions and defended it multiple times yep. if you can't sell that you're not a promoter if you can't put these two women the best in their sport Easily, no question, is the best female fight of all fucking time. If you can't put that as a headliner for your pay-per-view, fuck you as a promoter. You don't know what you're doing. You're just riding the coattails of your athletes. You fucking suck. I mean, they, they did do it. They, they, they did sell it. They did put it as a main event, and they didn't do shit on pay-per-view because they don't want to promote these. They the UFC knows how to promote fights their way, and they haven't found a way to get around it. About it. Yeah, you put you 
get them on the circuit. Why aren't they? I mean, look, you can't do it Ellen anymore because she got blacklisted. Yeah, or you can. Like, That's at the internet. Nobody cares about the internet. Put, put her on Ellen. Put Shevchenko you... on some right-wing TV shows shooting guns. I don't know, man. Do something. There's <laughs> a lot more to both of these athletes than just that they're women and competitors. I mean, you have yeah. both of them. One of them's married to another fighter. The other one's sister is another fighter. Are they in the same weight class? Have those two fight each other and have it like a battle of the houses or fucking whatever. Make this some Game of Thrones fucking shit. Wait, you want There's the, you want the Shevchenko sisters to fight each other? You want, the you want the Shevchenko sisters to fight each other? No, no, no. Did, yeah, did you just slip that in? No, no, no. She, she, the sister fights the wife. If they're going to say weight class. I don't know if they are. Oh, I don't know. I'm um, not sure. Is Nina fighting? Did she fight yet? She fought once, right? Just coming back. Look, yes. I mean, look, Marcus. We talk about this every time. The first two fights weren't entertaining necessarily, like. No. But I, it doesn't matter. At a certain point, this is a fucking sport. Like what? And I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how you convince. I don't know how you convince Amanda to take the fight because she has nothing to prove. She beat her twice. Granted, that first fight that was when Amanda had no cardio, and that third round was looking real dicey. Second fight, there are people who scored it for Valentina. Right. It was, a close. it was a very close fight. And I swear we all need to, like, fucking men in black everybody with that the zapping so that nobody remembers the second fight and we just lie to them and say that Valentina won the second one. That's how you do the third fight. You lie and say it's a... I mean, the way, the way you convince Amanda, I think, is just how we've talked about ad nauseum when it comes to Amanda Nunes for the last year. Who else is there, really? Like, who else is there, really, for her to fight that just doesn't feel forced? In on in one forty five and one thirty. Isn't well, she, fight, is she fighting? Besides, Jermaine? Uh, what's her name? The one no one likes. Who's she uh, fighting? Juliana Pena. Okay. Yeah. And which one is that? Which belt? One thirty five. Thirty five. Okay. Maybe Val. Maybe Pena wins. I don't know. But we, we the only hope we had at one twenty five was when um our girl Tatiana Suarez went down, and I was excited to see Tatiana maybe get a you know get one win and get a title shot. Tatiana's knee exploded. Um, I don't think it's that bad, but she tore a bunch of shit. So, Valent, I mean, she got nothing to do, and I'm, I don't think we're wasting anybody's primes here because they're doing what you're supposed to do. You dominate your opponents. But I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just us that think Amanda's just gonna say fuck this one day, because Valentina said she'll fight till she's fifty. That's what she said this weekend. She's like, I'm gonna keep fighting. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, Amanda said that she's she's looking at the exit and. I kind of don't blame her. She's on top of the world. It's like you only ride this ride for so long until it starts come crumbling down on you. You know, you kind of want to end on top. So she's mm-hmm. probably thinking maybe another fight or two. She has Pena. What's after that? If they can't convince her to fight uh, Valentina, which, you know, I think I, how you have to do it from the UFC's perspective is like, look, it, we're going all in on this one. Like, l- let's get give them a good co-main event that's going to have some people interested. And let's try to fucking sell a fight, you know? Yeah, and don't put, them on, don't put them on top. They don't want to. They don't, don't want to put, put the money in the promotion. They don't want to put the money in the fighters. They want easy cards that sell themselves where they don't have to do a bunch of extra bullshit. So I think they would need to do it. Because like you said, you know, their fights weren't super exciting. I think it is a little bit tougher to, to sell some of their fights. But... I think it's big enough if you really put some muscle behind it and you get everyone jazzed for it and you actually fucking promote, you know, get them on the public eye and try to get some excitement and then put an undercard underneath it that people are going to want to pay for that as well. You can do a big event. I just don't think the UFC is interested in that. I think they want to make easy, easy plays, cards that are going to sell themselves. They don't have to do anything more than their embeddeds and the countdowns and, you know, some fucking 
Matt Sarah interviews on their podcast and do the regular rigmarole. They don't want to go out of their way to make a big super fight. They want those fights to materialize themselves. They want a Conor McGregor or a Patty Pimlinton to come in here, get everyone jazzed up, and then, oh, I don't have to do shit because Patty's just going to sell the fight. Conor's going to sell the fight. Diaz are going to sell the fight. We don't have to do fucking shit. We're just going to bankroll it and make all the fucking money. We don't want to put any time, effort, or anything into promoting these fights. Let's just have the guys just sell it themselves, and then that's that. And you I know what? Shit. I was fucking. I'm surprised we got 30 minutes out of the fucking first two fights. Not the first one, but necessarily the second one too. We um, haven't even got Nick Diaz yet. Yeah, Nick Diaz. Um, speaking of promotion, guys, we got the full Nick Diaz fight week this time, huh? We got that Nick doesn't want to be here. Nick hates fighting. Nick uh, doesn't like his opponent. Nick thinks he should get a title shot. Nick missed his entire media day. This was new. Nick's like, fuck it. You want to do it at 85? Robbie Lawler was like, yeah, okay. Um, I like the joke. People said the next step was somebody was going to uh, ask that the fight just take place with them wearing jeans. Like, <laughs> like that was, I would have bought, I would have been great. Um, I do like, like, there's a couple of memes because, you know, there was like a, like about new MMA fans and old MMA fans. And all these new MMA fans are like, oh no, what's going on with this Nick Diaz thing? Should he be fighting? And then the old MMA fans are like, man, are you new? This is Nick Diaz fight week. Mike, you really like that jeans thing, huh? <laughs> it's just so true. Like, for us, none of us batted an eye with any of the comments he said this week. No. My coworker, my coworker, like, who is new to Nick Diaz all week, he's like, yo, man, it seems like he's going to pull out the fight. He doesn't seem to be doing very well. I'm like, nah, man, he's... This is him par for the course. Yeah, and by the way, Mark, you talk about promotion. Nick, Nick Diaz did more promotion this week for this fight card than anybody else. Just with his, like, all this stuff. It just somehow Nick. promoted the card. And that's, look, in good conscience, we couldn't have made it the main event, but that was the main event. The crowd mm -hmm. was fucking thrilled. People were so happy. And um, there's a couple articles online. I think it was ESPN had it. were like, trying to explain the Diaz phenomenon to newer MMA fans or, you know, the and people who just, and maybe just are new MMA, I just don't know Nate as well either. And it's just, it's hard to describe, but I think people listen to this podcast probably watch enough MMA to kind of get it now. It's just, they're kind of everything you want from a fighter. Like, they are here because they're born to do this and you wonder what they'd be doing if they weren't doing this. Turns out Nick would be at the club. We learned that in the last seven years. But there, it doesn't matter if that he lost. And well, you know, Mark, let's give, give us a breakdown of what happened here in a second. But like, it fundamentally doesn't matter if they win or lose fights, because they are who they are, and this is no one cares. It just it doesn't matter to them. I saw um, <laughs> I saw Connor tweeted at Nate saying <laughs> that you have trash boxing compared to your older brother, and we've all been watching you box these last few years, wasting our time while Nick has the real skills. And then Nate just said, bro, you can't even fight. Remember your leg? <laughs> that was it. That was the whole response. That's just, I don't know. I, I didn't get a chance to watch the fight live. Um, I was otherwise predisposed. Um, but I went back and watched uh, the stuff, and the people were thrilled to see him. He can do this as long as he wants, honestly. Marcus, uh, seven years off. It seemed like it might have taken a toll a little bit at some point. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I agree with you to some extent about like his drawing power. I think there's always going to be a, you know, 
a wide berth of, of fight fans that will be interested to see how he fights. This performance, I mean, honestly, when I was thinking about it, like, I don't know who you position him with next that makes sense that he could sell. Because um, while he didn't he didn't look bad in this fight, there was a lot of troubling things leading up to it. And, and, and the stuff about his anxiety wasn't troublesome to to those that know Nick and, you know, how he feels about fighting, how he does not really like doing it. It's just something that he kind of fell into out of necessity of survival in his neighborhood and then found out to 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 be pretty skilled at it and can make a living off it, make a very luxurious living off of it. Um, the fight itself, you know, Dia, Nick looked really good in the first round. It, it was it was a tough fight, you know, and I think Robbie was maybe not the most exciting person on paper, but like that dude also comes to fight. And that's what I, I shouldn't have said on paper. I mean, I think like in the rankings and stuff, it was like, well, Robbie's on like a four fight losing streak. You know, Nick had been kind of just handpicking who he was fighting. His last fight was Anderson. The fight before that was GSP. He was kind of just going for the cream of the crop, even though it didn't always make the most amount of sense. This was going to be a tough fight because Robbie's just a fucking wall and he just he loves to get in there and scrap, too. And that's why, you know, we talked about last week, like I was just hoping this is going to be a fun fight. You know, they're really both going to let their hands go and we're going to have, you know, a classic. And I think that's what we got. You know, Nick, there were spots in this in the first round where he looked a little weak, but he turned it back on. He let his hands go. Um, and then it made Robbie really tentative. You know, Robbie was kind of sitting in the pocket, taking a bunch of little pot shots that weren't super strong, but it looked like he was waiting to find his Avenue, his angle to throw a big counter punch. And it never really came because the Diaz brothers, especially Nick, when he really lets his hands go, it doesn't stop. You know, he'll throw five punches with his left hand, two jabs an uppercut, a left hook. And it doesn't give the other guy a lot of time to find it to really necessitate and figure out where the threat is. Because what both the Diaz brothers do really well is they'll give this little pitter-patter shot, try to get your guard up, try to make you think you know what's happening, and then throw a big punch to the body or something. And the body was really what this fight was all about. And as someone that every week I come out here and be like, these guys need to work the body more, there's a big fucking chin. It's called the liver. And if you go after it, you will win fights. And that is what Robbie did, and that is what won him this fight. You know, while he... The first round I thought was really close, Bob. I mean, you, you saw it too. Like, it, I think Nick did a bit more. I think he was a little mm -hmm. more active to yeah. win the to round. But right in the second round, Robbie came out, fired up as ever, and he hit him with a really great liver kick. It was toes, toes and liver. And, you know, you, you have to take your cap off to both Diaz brothers, but especially Nick. Like, he didn't wince. There was no facial expression. But body language said it all. Like, he stumped over a little bit. He backed up. He started guarding his body a lot more. And as Robbie, you know, went to town, he realized, too, like, if I'm just going to be batting at this dude's head, I'm going to be here for five rounds. It's going to be bloody, and maybe I win that outcome. But the body is a much more accessible target. And when he went after it, he hurt Diaz really bad. Um, enough, enough so that, like, not only did Diaz lose the second round really bad, early in the third, you know, it opened up the big shots and if, essentially, you know, the ending sequence, a lot of people want to talk about this right hook. It was the same right hook that Nick landed on him. I honestly think it was the left straight before that, that clip Diaz probably broke his nose. And then it was a good right hook that kind of sent him on the ground. Um, and then, you know, he, he basically Diaz took a knee. Robbie let off for a second. He saw he wasn't doing anything. He threw a big fucking left uppercut, which Diaz was able to kind of negate fell back to his back. You know, he was trying to play the butt scoot game, see if Robbie would engage him there. And I think this was 
one thing that I hadn't talked about was Nick was silent in this fight. He wasn't talking a lot of shit, and I, I think it probably would have helped if he did. I think in the first fight, it definitely rattled Robbie. And again, that was the first time anyone was talking shit during a do, fight. Do you so think it you had to still be- rattle Robbie at this point? Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, Robbie's like 40 years old. I mean, so is Ken Shamrock, and Nick ruined him. There's, so, there's, there is a mental thing that you, if you're punching some dude and you hit, I mean, and Nate does it to guys all the time. I mean, look, I'm not saying that it would have won. It would, it was the difference in what would have got the fight, but it might, because what I think was the difference when Robbie knocked him to the ground and Nick tried to get him to come down and he didn't, Robbie just looked away and he said, come on, come on, stand it back up. And he knew like this dude's game, man. I'm going to get back up and we're maybe we keep tussling, but I'm going to get cracked. And I think that kind of mentally broke Nate. Like he knew he got Nick. cracked hard and I'm not, and a lot of people are going to say he gave up and whatever, but like, look, if I got punched in the fucking face, like Nick I think he was hurt, man, Passed to the body, he was hurt. His yeah. body was tore up. His, his legendary cardio was depleted because those body shots just, it, it's amazing. He didn't go down from the body shots. Lots of other fighters would have been finished there. But I think at that point, he got a couple clean shots. His nose was broken. He was, and and the opponent was fucking game. Robbie didn't give a shit. He didn't give a shit about 185. He didn't give a shit about five rounds. This dude was not going to stop. And it was like, and I think, you know, I, I'm not going to push anything on on Nick and say like he's gotten soft or anything. But I think when you're gone for six years, I think when you're financially in the point in your life where fighting isn't how you're surviving anymore. It's just, it's just what you, it's what he said. He's like, I, I'm just good at this. And I feel like I still got miles left in me. And I, I regret it if I didn't go out here and, and push myself and challenge myself. And I think when you're not the starving fighter, when you're not the Nick Diaz, who no one respects and no one knows who you are, and you're trying to build a name for yourself, when you are that marquee guy, it's a little bit easier to be like, you know what? I can stop here and, and, and give myself a little, you know, a lot less look intrusions in the brain and brain damage and and you know getting beat up really bad i can i could i could leave it here and be okay with that because i think we all kind of knew the outcome at that point robbie was just on fire the momentum was clearly in his direction he didn't look winded at all he looked like he was ready to kill so i don't think it was a bad call on uh nick's part at all i don't blame him for you know not i mean basically because the referee just said like you got to get up and and nick just kind of waved it off and and he called and i think it was jason right jason herzog yeah. He called the fight right there, which was the right call. The fighter didn't want to fight anymore. Yeah. There's no need to I love to the respect, question. by the way, man. I love the respect. And I I think what's really cool and on one hand is awesome is that a lot of people weren't dogging Nick. Because it would be very easy to be like, oh, you gave up. Or you're a pussy or whatever. And I think a lot of people at this point in his career respect him to such a degree. They're just like, you know what? The better man won done. this fight, no big deal. But I think what sucks at the same time is that there's lots of fighters that should be getting the same respect that the Diaz brothers do because they put in just as much work, have been grinding it out, have been winning and losing. You know, you look at guys like Cerrone and stuff, and it's like they don't quite get that credit. We kind of think, oh, Cerrone just gives up easy. He has a weak heart if you push well, him hard in the man, first minute. Well, the thing. Nobody gives up. No one's here. No one's trying to get embarrassed, right? Like no one's out there yeah. on national TV trying to get embarrassed. But at a certain point, like – it's not breaking. It's not giving. No one's a fucking pussy. They're in our cage yeah. fighting in their underwear on TV. Exactly. Like, if you're done and you're broken and you can't go anymore, it happens, man. You think everybody's going 100% at all the time in their life? You guys watch other sports? You think everybody's going 100% on every play? It's not the way it is. Sometimes you're just going through the motions. And, like, if they are not in a position that they can, like, compete anymore, they can't. And this is not, like, baseball. 
Like you might see you, you're done. You're done. Like you're not going to just yeah. ride this out for another three. minutes. I don't need to see Nick just get mauled. Brian Ortega for probably minute. shouldn't have made it. Brian Ortega didn't need to go five rounds. I thought there was times where like they probably could have stopped this. And look, Brian could have stopped it after the third. They could have been like, did they stop him and Max? They stopped him and Max, right? Him and Max. They stopped that one too. I don't. I think they did stop that one. But Brian is young, talented, very handsome. Can't mess that face up. Super hungry. Yeah. Really hungry too. I mean that 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 pushes a lot of fighters. When you're hungry like that, when you're going after a belt, when you're still chasing well, you come from that legacy, nothing too. You come yeah. from nothing. A lot of these guys come from nothing. Oh. No one's a fucking pussy. I remember like when Cerrone got beat by Connor, and like that squad on ESPN <laughs> right, was calling saying, him a quitter, yeah. and it was just like, "Come on, man, he's not." Anyway, let's go through the rest of this a little bit faster. Curtis Blades sure. did Curtis Blades Curtis Blades thing to the Biggie Boy, huh? Yep, is what yep. it is. Um, Jessica Andrade supplemented that OnlyFans income with her paltry UFC paycheck because God knows she's not getting paid enough for her, her hard work. Um, took care of Calvillo in less than, in less than she five minutes. That, she chased and squared her yeah. down. Like, she was not yeah. letting her get out inside of that warning track that whole fucking fight. Yeah. And Cynthia, she tried her best, but she did not have the power to for Jessica to respect. And once she let it on, you know, I, it kind of sucked. There were six seconds left, and... She wasn't like getting like it wasn't like super clean shots. It's just Jessica was just mauling her. And, you know, Herb called it. I don't think it was the worst call in the world. I think if he would have let six seconds go back, I think Cynthia would have survived and we could have seen what the second round is. But I think the outcome was already written. So no harm, no foul there. Um, we got to give uh, we got to give the Marab uh, Daval. I can't say his name right. Yeah. Huge. Va- win over, uh, uh, Marlon is fucking flowers because beating Marlon Moraes is not easy. And I know we all think people have maybe figured Marlon out a little bit, but look at who beats this dude. Like, the guys who actually beat Marlon Moraes. And I know I carry a lot of water for these World Series of Fighting guys, but this man, like, his losses in the UFC are a Sun Sao, Cejudo, Sandhagen, Font, and now Vol... I can't say his name. Marab, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, they ain't a bum in that list, man. There ain't one in there. So big shout out to this crop. dude. Big win for him. Um, Talia Santos okay. beat Rock, beat Roxanne Modafferi, and Roxanne apparently has more women's MMA fights than anybody. Period. Forty-five. That's a lot. Wait, um, anybody as in her. any woman or well, anyone? Yeah, I period. said most women MMA, women's MMA oh, fights. Sorry, so yeah, didn't hear that part. Um, and then on the undercard, member of the Nick Diaz army or the Nate Diaz army. I don't know. How, or maybe Nick. Martin Sano Jr. got knocked out in 15 seconds. Mm. Um, you know it was a good car with the motherfucker with a 15-second knockout. Can't get a goddamn, you know, performance bonus. Um, performance of the night, Marab and Chris Daukas. Daukas beat uh, Shamil Abdurrahimov. Um, kind of knocked him out twice is how I've, uh, the description I read is what it seemed like. Um, fight of the night, probably fight of the year in many people's eyes. Volkanovski, Brian Ortega. Um Yeah. That's it for this one. UFC will be back next weekend with a card, I'm assuming, in the Apex, because that's what we do in between things that matter. Yep, in the Apex. We'll talk about that in a few minutes here, but some news. Um, let me get the fight announcements out of the way first. Um, Aljamain Sterling had neck surgery, and while everybody's trying to call him a pussy, a lot of times when you have neck surgery, the nerve damage might not heal that quickly. So uh, Aljamain can't fight Peter Yan. Um, Peter Yan called them all sorts of names. I I couldn't have less. I, I don't. Uh, Peter Yan couldn't have. Le- I couldn't have less sympathy for Peter Peter Yan if I tried, folks. 
Peter Yan is the reason Peter Yan is not the UFC champion right now. He did that, he did that to himself. <laughs> yep. Tough titty. Sounds like they might go interim title route. Ariel's saying they're talking to maybe Corey Sandhagen, who's coming off of a loss to TJ Dillashaw because yeah. TJ can't fight, um, mm. which would be weird, quite frankly. But I'm not going to complain about watching Peter Yan versus Corey Sandhagen ever. Yeah, that's a fight that needs to happen one way or the other. So. I'm, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll watch Peter Yan versus TJ Dillashaw, too, if he can get yeah. it together. Either way, it's fine. You you give me this weight class, anybody fighting anybody, I'm pretty much down. You get me south of 170 pounds, Mark, it's really hard to, hard to have a bad fight. So if we, if we can just go back and touch a bit on on Aljamain's injury. So he originally was scheduled, I think, to fight or wanted to fight in December. And it, it, it got was on the pushed books. up. So it was on the books. This is so for it the was originally time. scheduled for December, and then it got pushed up to October. Okay. What I'm not understanding is that um, if the UFC knew about this neck injury and about you know the fact that it would take a while for the nerves to to grow back, why did they move the fight up in the first place? I feel because like they, they just got, set themselves because they up got a failure. they got a pay per view calendar that they need to fulfill, and they only have so many champions, and that's one of them. They don't care. This is what it is. Did you? I'm not sure if people enjoyed uh, Oscar De La Hoya. Talking, uh, sending Volkanovski to uh, Volkanovski a tweet, telling him how great a performance he did, and then saying that Dana White, you should be ashamed of yourself. You know, this guy took one twentieth of the overall pay. This uh, whatever this thing, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I don't think it was that low. Hopefully, and then Dana White did Dana White things where he uh, called him a crack, called Delahoya a crackhead, which. And then he said that, uh, why don't you go fake COVID again? Which a lot of people seem to think De La Hoya did fake COVID. Like a high, a certain percent, a higher than normal percentage of people believe that he faked COVID to not fight okay, people. Well, a lot, a high percentage of fucking morons don't think it exists at all. And until they're fucking in the respirator. I don't think you like, can. Oh, I don't no, think you I should have taken my vaccine. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Although I would say I don't think that De La Hoya was too broken up about um, him saying that he faked COVID, I think he was more um, angry at being called a crackhead because yeah, De La, De La, yeah, you know what? That's not a nice thing to say because De La Oya came from very meager backgrounds. He has made it big time. He can afford cocaine. He doesn't yeah. need to get crack. He could have taken the crack route, Mike. He that easily could no, have no, been. No, no, but... no, no, Mark, you're not understanding. <laughs> no, I understand he's perfectly. Oscar De La Oya, he's too rich to. Mike's, Mike, Mike's making the Whitney Houston crack. argument. That's what he's making. Okay. Whitney no, Houston argument right there. <laughs> I agree because I'm saying is Oscar, if he wanted to do crack, he easily reached that bar very quickly. But no, he's a higher man of class, right. and he wanted to do the cocaine. And I don't right. think there's any problem with that. And I don't think there's any problem with him pointing out the fighter pay and i expect dana to then not address the issue at all and just call him a crackhead and say shut up you know don't, you know what business. A, you know would have been a great response by de la Oya? Mm. he should have said no dana i do that fine pure perico your fighters can only afford crack okay mm, all right see that's good you should you should talk to oscar maybe go on a team or something boxer pay equals cocaine mm-hmm. ufc pay equals crack math maybe <laughs> um folks let's real quickly talk about um the hall of fame mm. also mm, happened great. well we'll t- i'm gonna lead it into what we actually what actually came out of that hall of fame um i want to make sure i didn't miss anything with news wise oh yeah Derek lewis is on hot ones on thursday so Derek Lewis eating really spicy wings, saying wild shit. 
somehow going to be less Can I of place a, a bet on hot wings? Can I bet that Derek Lewis eats all the hot wings? He'll take a bite of the hot sauce, but he's going to be eating the whole wing, and I don't blame the brother because chicken wings are delicious. Yeah, no, Derek Lewis is going to put them all down. Derek Lewis from Texas, he can, looks like he can handle some spice. That's um, going to be fun. I'll, yeah. I'll try to watch that one. Um, UFC Hall of Fame, they did the Hall of Fame for 2020. That class went in. Okay. So in the Pioneer Wing, we got uh, Kevin the Monster Randleman, um, a favorite of everybody's here. Um, died died a couple years ago, tragically. Yeah. Um, not sure what happened there. Kevin famously just was UFC champion um, after – who did he beat? Because uh, he, beat, he beat the guy after he lost to Boz. Um, when Boz, yeah, he, I think he beat, um, he might have beat Couture. He beat Couture? That sounds right, actually. Couture, he might have beat Pedro. I was trying to remember, I don't remember his UFC career that well. It wasn't quite as extensive. Um, he obviously did a lot more stuff in Pride. Um, I saw highlights of Pedro. Um, he beat Pedro and he lost it to, um, no, I'm sorry, he beat beat Pete Williams. Uh, um, Because Pete Williams, I think, was coming off of kicking Mark Coleman's head into the seventh row. Mm -hmm. And then he defended against Pedro, and then he lost it to Randy. um, Okay. So about a year after winning it. So Kevin Randleman, a bit of a a pioneer wing is appropriate. The man was a pioneer. A lot of great fights in pride. Still one of the craziest moments ever. Marcus, I want to say I was watching with you. Uh, Maybe I've invented this thing in my head that we watched him knock out Krokop. But Mm, I feel we were watching live. Kind of. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think we might have. Um, if you want to hear people you, lose their mind, lose more you, around losing his mind on that is classic. Yeah, did you see the ceremony? The no. Okay, because um, right? I think it was his wife. They didn't really say who oh. she was. I'm, I have to assume it was his wife. Um, they talked about, you know, what Kevin thought his best fights were, and he mentioned, like, the fights that he remembered the most fondly were the ones he lost. Like, he, he talked about how he loved Quentin Jackson, and even though he lost that was his a fight, good fight. Quentin, yeah, he, <laughs> that, that fight, you know, made him grow a lot. He talked about, I think, the loss to Katrina. To, uh, to Couture and stuff so and, and I think uh, Coleman also uh, Mark Coleman was up there who's a big mentor of his so that was really nice to see it is and I think his son you know got I guess they get like a fucking blazer now which is all right I guess well, they, they, they do a blazer now. and they get like a plaque they get I a think trophy, goes somewhere yeah. they so need a physical location son, that man. was cute that was cute that was well deserved we'll talk about a, the other one they need a physical location honestly I, th- I would that we you and I could visit that'd be nice the other sports do. Slap it onto the uh, the little performance. Well, they got a public. I think, I, think they ha- I think the end game hopefully is a public place for us to go one day and Seems pay like our respect. Um, <clears throat> from the modern wing, um, my opinion, possibly the GOAT, George Rush St. Pierre went in. Um, well deserved. Three-time welterweight champion with nine defenses, was a middleweight champion, first ever Canadian inductee into UFC Hall of Fame, which is... Uh, a little surprising, but I guess he's part of the reason we're all in Canada right now. Um, I think there was there was one dude in the early early UFCs. He was this big fucking Canadian karate guy. I think he won a tournament, so maybe he would be in the running, but no one else was really um, close. Patrick Cote doesn't get in there because he fought Tito Ortiz in short notice. I'm sorry. But uh, George St. Pierre, I love GSP. I think everybody in this podcast loves GSP. Yeah. GSP got drunk. He told everybody on Instagram that he was drunk at the UFC fights uh, the next night. Oh, so. Man. Um, yeah, we also fun. had in the contributors wing Mark Ratner, who um, there runs. All, he's he's the reason we got legal UFC, quite frankly, in a lot of places. He's the he spearheaded it after running the Athletic Commission, the Nevada Athletic Commission. So, and then uh, we had a fight go in. John Jones was Alexander Gustafson, one of the probably the greatest light heavyweight title fight ever. 
if I had to, you know, guess there. Sure. Um, yeah. It's where John Jones showed that when the fucking when things aren't going well, John Jones will find a way to win. Man, that spinning back elbow in the fourth round. Oh wait, did did John Jones? So it wasn't John Jones no, went in. He's as not a, done. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, it was I John and Alex was, went in. Their fight weird. went in. All right. Um, so Jones, if you haven't seen that fight back from September of, oof, I want to sure. say 2013, yeah. maybe 2014, yeah, like 2013 that. or 14, um, where, you know, John allegedly didn't train for it, which isn't just John saying that. A lot of people say that John really wasn't taking Alex seriously. Hell, the UFC was just saying, look how tall this guy is. Sure, it'll be a good fight. And then Alex took John Jones down in the first round and everybody sat up and said, oh, what? Um, and then Alex won... I think he won rounds one, two, one, one and three. He won rounds one and three. I remember that. And then he was he was about to win the fourth round, and John Jones hit him with a spinning back elbow to the fucking forehead, saved his title reign. Um, it's an incredible fight. But uh, then John Jones got arrested at like five a.m. Um, for domestic violence. I don't know and- exactly, but I know. Um, he tr- he did his best DJ from Street Fighter during the mm-hmm. bonus round attacking a car. Um, I know he did it, that. There was tampering I, with the vehicle. Where is he? Where was he? Do we know that? I don't want to make assumptions, but I'm just piecing this in my head a little bit together. We, where these we know he was in Vegas. We mm-hmm. know it was a re- an arrest for domestic violence and also for attacking a vehicle or doing harm to a vehicle. Okay. We know it was it was within okay. a few hours of him being inducted. His so you know, so inducted. we we so we all agree. John Jones didn't wake up early that morning to hit the gym and got in some trouble at five a.m. Right? That's not that's not what happened on this guy. This he, thing. he did not decide to just start dropping elbows on the hood of a car and like a significant other was in there. No, that was not the case. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say, man. We talk about what are we gonna say? John Jones got arrested. He just got off a of probation. Like five months ago, I think. Perfect um, time. Perfect time to get into trouble. I don't exactly. We don't even. The situation has not been. Honestly, there's not a lot of, of details out there. Um, but John Jones shouldn't be near cars in general. It doesn't go well with Mark John Jones and cars. He just he just needs to do what Connor did. Connor got himself a big white bald dude who's the security, and it's not to protect him. It's to stop him from doing stupid shit. Yes. So Connor's about to go hit some old man this guy comes in and goes don't worry about it we're gonna or, wait till the cameras are off and i'll hit the old man for you exactly. or, or, you don't or, do or when connor throws a drink at machine gun kelly at the VMAs i don't know where that guy was and where he's was gonna he go and he's gonna go right fight off. him he's got his security guy to just like pick him up and take him away. you know this is one of the situations i wish we had a young person on this podcast because i was trying to figure out who machine gun kelly was some oh, i'm hit Okay, shut up, Mike. My understanding <laughs> is Machine Gun Kelly was a rapper, and then he got into a beef with Eminem, which traditionally, from our era, didn't end well for the person in the beef with Eminem. It, it, and ended, then, well. it ended well for MGK. He did okay? No, he no, he. I think he won. Okay, because some people seem to think he lost so badly he had to change genres of music to rock. So those, those, those <laughs> Eminem stands, like he he had a great response record to to Eminem. Okay. It, it was it was not a win for him. And my understanding is he's like twenty two and banging Megan Fox. So kids living a dream, right? So good for him. Yeah, getting drinks thrown at him and stuff. Um, anyway, um, John Jones is. 
I, I don't know who it's harder to be a fan of, John Jones or Conor McGregor. You don't get the fights when you don't actually get fights when it's John Jones, apparently. You at least get I, the fight week fight week fun of a Conor McGregor fight, huh? I would say <laughs> it's harder to be a Conor McGregor fan because for the most part, John Jones's indiscretions, they're really just all right. Besides the time when he hit a pregnant wolf, I don't mean to laugh as I say that, but besides the time he hit a pregnant woman with his car, most of the things that happen with John Jones, it's affecting just John Jones, and he's not being an asshole to other people. I, I don't know, man. John the Jones. The majority of Conor McGregor's things, he's being an asshole to a bunch of other people. Well, I don't, I don't know. John Jones' abuses, is... he hit himself, right? Yeah, he I hit was gonna... somebody else. I was going to say, John Jones also has been arrested far more times than Connor, I think. I think Connor got like two arrests out of this whole thing. Yeah, man. What else would we say? Get your stuff to get your shit together, John. Daniel Cormier said it, man. He's like, this guy's not changing. It's just the way he is. And here we go. Um, all you got to do is a, just, you just hurt your negotiating power, though I'm sure the UFC doesn't care. This doesn't hurt his, this doesn't make anybody not order the fight if, it, if they book it. So. Let's uh let's get John Jones back in the octagon in the first half of 2022 after Nganu and Cyril gone fight maybe. Let's get those three people together and see which who takes Dana White's low offer, huh? Let's get two of those who to fight each other. Um anyway, you guys want to make some picks and then do our thing? <laughs> yes sir. Let's do All it. All right, UFC's at the Apex um this weekend. Um means nobody's in the crowd. Uh, main event, we got ourselves Tiago Santos and uh, Johnny Walker throwing down. Has this not happened already? Am I mentioning that in, it, this in my head? <laughs> Nobody knows. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm, I'm pulling up records now, but I don't think this has happened yet. Um, I kind of feel personally that a lot of the uh, luster has worn off with uh, with Johnny Walker a little bit. Um, those back-to-back losses didn't help. Um, on the other hand, Tiago Santos came back from his knee exploding, and it's not going well. Uh, no. He's got he's got two losses. Um, betting line for this one is who's got it up? I got it up. Plus one thirty, <laughs> plus one thirty-two to Johnny Walker, minus one sixty-two to Tiago Santos. Fanduel with the terrible, terrible incremental fucking betting lines there. Uh, looks like Tiago's a slight favorite. Um, little very surprised much, by very that. Very much a toss-up. Very surprised by that. Mike, who do you got? Ooh, man. Uh, I am not entirely sure. Man, I, I can really see any one of these guys uh, getting this victory. Um, in the interest of time, I will go with Johnny Walker breaking his two-fight losing streak. Marcus. I don't even know. I don't even know on this one. Marcus. Uh, I'm going to go with Santos. Um, I do think it's a kind of a tough fight. Um, and, and Tiago Santos, three in a row is not like a great thing. But I think Johnny Walker is just still, I mean, I think he has controlled himself a bit more. But he does seem kind of like a front runner. I think when the going gets tough, if we see this fight going into the deep waters, third, fourth, fifth round, I think I have a better hedge that Santos is going to be a little stronger in those rounds than Walker. So I'm going with Santos. I got Santos, um, man's wife or fiance, Yana Kuniskaya, last month said she's pregnant. Like a fire under a man. I don't know, man. This is a pick I'm going with any reason I can to pick a guy. I'll go with that. I got Santos. Sure. Um, 
On the other side, Bellator's got a card, and this card is taking place in the UK. I don't know if people can go to stuff in the UK. It's not clear. Um, I don't know. Douglas we'll Lima, Michael Venom Page, running it back. Um, first time they fought, we really deflated the MVP balloon quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Not entirely fair, considering how good Lima is. Um that being said, uh, the betting line for this is pretty close. Uh, Douglas Lima is a minus one twenty eight favorite. Michael Venom Page is plus one hundred four. Um, I got my. I got Douglas Lima. I think Douglas Lima is an excellent fighter. I know he's come off a couple losses here, but they fought. The other guy was unconscious when it was over. There we go. Mark, who do you got? <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm going for the repeat. Um, I like MVP. If he can get past Lima, that would really show some growth because um, I think. The thing that we've been so critical of in MVP's career is a lot of fighters that just weren't of his caliber. And Lima was kind of the first guy I was like, okay, this is going to be a real challenge. And, and he didn't pass the test. So if he can get past Lima, I'll be super shocked, surprised, impressed. Um, Isn't Michael Venom Page like 35 years old now too? Like he's, we've been doing this a long time, this shit. Yeah. I mean, so it's going to be a tough fight. I, I'm going with Lima. I'll be happy if MVP is able to, you know, get this victory because it will show that he's actually, you know, grown as a fighter and that's a big scalp for him to get. Um, I just don't know if he's there. You know, we know his striking is really dynamic. I don't know about the other aspects of the game, if he's going to be able to keep up with Lima. So I'm going with Lima. Yeah. This time Diego should take him down and just choke him. Mike. Growth and MVP are not two things that go into the same sentence. I'm going with Lima. Right on. Um, Hope they got some crowd, man, if they're flying all the way across there. And did anybody figure out where the first fight was? Uh, it was in Illinois or something. I looked it up earlier. Okay, I think the Lima boys are from New York. Okay, if I'm not I'm mistaken. close. I don't so, think it was in New York, but maybe. Yeah, no. Nah. Nah. So anyway, um, let's do stuff we like. Uh, Marcus, lead it off, please. Uh, yeah, it'll be pretty easy. Um, game wise, I did play some of the newer stuff that came out. Uh, Kina Bridge of Spirits, which came out on PS4 and PS5. Put some time into that. It's a. I mean, like I mentioned last week pixar-esque visuals um and a a gameplay that's very astute to like the old zelda style games so i've been enjoying that uh eastward is a indie game that came out on nintendo switch it's kind of tough because a lot of you know a lot of times when i recommend games or talk about games i just talk about like oh this game's art style is really good um eastward might have some of the best pixel arts that i've ever seen in any game it's quite amazing what they've been able to do i haven't put a ton of time into that but i have been enjoying it um I would be removed if I didn't mention the Nintendo Direct um, and the biggest news there, which was seemingly not anything important, but the internet has just clamored onto this and made it such a big deal, and everyone's all upset about who they cast for the Mario movie. Like, anyone gave a shit about that movie. Yeah, who, that, that was... I can't believe anybody cares. Like, what I the care. fuck? No, I care. No, you don't. Right? Here's why I care. Look, 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 look. Mm-hmm. You either go with Mario in two, two ways, right? You get yourself... Just a tried and true fucking Italian from Mike's Brooklyn, not making a real right? argument here. Mike doesn't care. I'm standing by that. Mike doesn't no, give no, a no, 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 no. Mike. Care. Mike I doesn't care. care at all. I'm Yo, calling you, shenanigans on this whole thing. Can I get my shit off? Damn Mike lie to the people. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. A real right. Italiano, or get yourself a true Italiano from Brooklyn, or get our friend Sal to play him, or yo, you lead in. You really lead in to that Italian stereotype 
and you just get that dude that voiced Mario like in one of those video games. Yeah, he's in the he's in the movie. Like uh, it's a he's in the movie. Like they already yeah, got yeah. him. He's in there. He's playing side characters. They won't tell you about. So, so he's not I mean, playing look, Mario. He's not playing Mario because I get it. I mean, this isn't new territory for these, you know, CGI animated films. They get stars that have name value. Chris Pratt's a, a, a hot Hollywood star right now. So why not if you can get him to do a VO? And it's not like he hasn't done this before. He did the, the Lego movie or whatever. So it's not like yeah, this is. But, but Chris Pratt is. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. He doesn't have. I mean, they're going to put a little thing on his voice. They're going to do something with it. Yeah, Bobby, you want to chime in. You're hot on the mic right now. I mean, you're sorry. not because you're muted. But <laughs> what do you got to say? No, go ahead. I just I can't believe oh. this is the fucking real discussion. I mean, yeah, I, it's just like, Mike has Mike taken an argument, a stance here that I like. I swear to God, Mike, you're not even going to see this movie. You could have they could have put your mom in playing Princess Peach. You wouldn't see this fucking movie. I mean, you do not I, care. Okay? We, don't, we don't know. Like, and that, well, that's the thing I, I think is the most critical is like everyone's up in arms about like how horrible this is. We haven't seen anything. We just know he's playing it. So, I mean, I get like, but look, I know this character is an Italian plumber from New York. There is no character. Mario is not a character. He's a vessel that they call Jumpman. Like, there is not, there is no backstory. There is no nuance to this person. The only thing he has going is plumber, Italian. And in the cartoons, he liked fucking lasagna and, and spaghetti, which didn't, is another stereotype. Didn't the fucker from England play him? Like, didn't Bob Hoskins play him in a movie? <laughs> What happened? <laughs> that's, that's, that is like, 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 Mike, I understand, like, yeah, that's that's his characteristics. He's an Italian person to have a non -Italian, But, like, we're treating it like this is some, like, nuanced character that has all this depth. <laughs> but it's, like, the only thing we're mad about is that the only things we know about him is the dude wears a fucking jumpsuit and a red hat. He's Italian, and he goes in, he goes in pipes. Let me, let me tell you something. He's going to have the overalls. He's going to have the M hat. He's going to go in a fucking pipe. He might not sound a, a true Atuliano as much as the other person wants him to be. But, like, that's not even, like, I think the other, like, everyone's mad about Chris Pratt. I'm not even mad about any of it, but it's like Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. I just like everyone's saying like, hey, Mario, you want to get high? Is <laughs> <laughs> like DK is the stoner instead of the, you know, the great ape. I don't know. So like, that got a lot of headlines. Um, the direct itself, personally, I thought was a little lacking. They didn't really announce or show anything that really got me super excited. Um, they talked about when they're going to release the next Smash character. They're going to talk about it in October. They talked about they're going to add new stuff to Animal Crossing, which is a really old game. They didn't show any Breath of the Wild 2. They didn't really show a lot of new games that really got me super excited. So that's why this announcement of who's playing the characters in a movie that's coming out in like over a year, people are all up in arms about. Come on. And they made that other Mario movie. And you know, you know who played Mario? Fucking an Englishman, Bob Hoskins. You know who played Luigi? A Colombian, Yo. John Leguizamo. What are you? Uh, what are we even talking about? Wait, John Leguizamo isn't John Leguizamo Puerto Rican? I don't know. He's from. He's born in Colombia. That's what I was checking just a minute ago. Uh, okay. Sure. But apparently, yeah. apparently his grandma's part Italian. That qualified. Okay. It's, yeah. it's all, all right. silly. This movie's you know getting made Mario? by Dominion people. Like, Captain, that's, we're, we're putting Cap this on a pedestal. It doesn't deserve. Like this is some grand travesty. It's like. The last Mario movie, yeah. Yoshi was a fucking dino. It was literally raptor. a raptor. Okay, he was a fucking raptor. He didn't have a long tongue. Yeah, someone figure out and get bonked on the head. So, did you guys know that? Um, and Shigeru Miyamoto actually confirmed this that in Super Mario World, 
what Mario and Luigi do to get Yoshi to stick out his tongue is that they punch him in the back of the head. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you see, it's clear as day. He's got a fist. He bonks that fucker. The tongue comes right out. Edible cruelty right there. I mean, you also just jump off the fucker and leave him in a ditch so you can make a long jump, too. I mean, he's just a tool for Mario's use. Yeah, Captain Lou Albano has played Mario, too. I think he was Italian, maybe. You know what would have been been a better choice than Chris Pratt to play Mario? Like, stay with me, guys. Either Al Pacino or Robert De Niro. Al Pacino's not even Italian, I don't think. (laughs) Look, Mike just wanted fucking Mario to be played by a piece of rigatoni is what it sounded like. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to text our buddy Sal afterwards and say, Mike suggested you play Mario in a movie during the podcast. (laughs) If we really want to lead into this shit, I would have liked the esteemed Italian actor, Gabagool... Uh, <laughs> I can't finish the joke. I'm sorry. Um, Marcus, you got anything else, brother? No, no, that's it. We'll wrap it there. Um, Mike, I want you to end with your time with your adventure last week at at uh Dynamite. So I'll lead into that. Um, I yeah, don't. Did that, I talk? Cool, Galamar. There we go. That's did I talk about why the Last Man yet? Last week, um, does anybody remember? I don't think you have. You you talked to me like over the last yeah. week about it. Did you watch it? Um, I've I watched like three episodes of it so far. Yeah, it's Yorick's a dick, huh? York is? Is just a little, York is just a little shit. Like, dude. Oh, the guy that survived? Yeah, he's a whiny yeah. bitch, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a whiny bitch in the books, too. Um, They're doing a good enough job to keep me going. Are you interested enough to keep watching, Mike, basically? Yeah, I watched three episodes of it. One, I was trying to get to bed last night. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. And it kept me interested enough to stay up until about 1.30 watching them. So I'm probably going to try to catch an episode or two before I go tonight. Go to bed yeah, I, th- I know I watched the fourth one because um, the fourth three came out together, the first three. And then I watched the fourth. I don't know if the fifth is out. Maybe it is now. I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I do feel like the world, like the United States turns to shit very quickly, it seems, based off that timeline. I mean, if 200 million people die, it's, you know, I'm, I, I, every, uh, every fucking apocalyptic movie now, I'll buy anything that happens. Right, yeah. that's that's where I'm at now. Um, I'll talk about the wrestling with you in a second, but I thought this and my other thing was this episode of Ted Lasso that aired this week. Marcus, you catch it? Yeah, it was great. Fantastic. That was one of the best episodes of this series so far. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know when they do the awards? Because they just did was it the Emmys or whatever? There's like do a the window. Judges, of- do the judges get to see the whole season? Because like that was like that was it- some. Good I stuff think, on there. I think it was based on the first season. It was really what it was. Okay. When the ones they gave but I thought that um, Sadekis killed it this yeah. past week. Sadekis was incredible. I didn't. I wasn't sure about this whole like when they first introduced Doctor Sharon and having a Mike. Are you how far are the show? Are you? I am not on the last episode yet. Okay, well, not okay. But when they introduced Doctor Sharon, I did not. Uh, I wasn't sure about this necessarily. Um, but her dynamic with Ted has been worth it ten times over. Um, and without spoiling it, uh, Danny Rojas's adventure at this funeral made me laugh so hard. I just couldn't stop laughing at this poor bastard, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> the- Man, way to spoil it. Now I know somebody dies. I mean, that's the first three minutes of the episode. Well, uh, oh, oh, yeah, the latest episode. God. Jesus. Okay. Who dies, Mike? 
Who do you think eats it on the pitch? Now, yeah. now I'm looking to see who dies. Thank you. I mean, it was really fucked up when someone threw the fu- someone harpooned Roy Kent, huh, Mark? That was real rough. Oh, yeah, and then Nate jumped in front of it, and he's like, I've been a bastard, so I deserve this. Um, <laughs> saw those that's, have you noticed that this dude's hair has been getting grayer? Marcus, Nate. Being a coach is tough. No, but like it's like a whole a thing where like it was I, there was like a thing first season about him talking about how like how much he were he feared going gray and all that no. shit, and now he no. is. I don't know. This show is so well, well fucking done. It's and this and um the episode before that, the uh, Coach Beard psychedelic journey. Um, that was fun. I told my dad hadn't watched it, and I, he's like, "I'm gonna watch that tonight." And then I was like, "I wonder if my dad's gonna like this." And my dad texts me, and he goes, "That was awesome. I love Coach Beard's weird drug journey." <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Uh, Mike, the wrestling. Um, you attended the biggest show, biggest TV version, the TV, I guess, taping in AEW history. Your first wrestling show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, I did. Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson, you missed that part. I did. Um, have you since watched it? I have not. I know it's on the internet, but I haven't uh, had a chance to see it yet. Um, Marcus, these two gentlemen put on what is being described as the greatest television match ever. Um, they went to a 30-minute draw, but like it didn't end with like one, two, oh, time ran out. Like They were just beating the fuck out of each other. For 30 hard minutes, Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson, probably the two best wrestlers in the world, this is what we saw. We saw, Mike, we saw Brian Danielson without the handcuffs on any level there. Um, he did that sweet submission, the cattle mutilation, made me happy, hard to describe. Um, that was really cool. But you were the man who was there for the, most of this night, most of this night over there. What did you think of your of the AEW experience? What did you think of the shows? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had something earlier in the day, which, um, you know, I, I couldn't miss out on. So I ended up going to the event a little late, uh, got there maybe around 9, 10, 9, 15. So I ended up having to watch the first, uh, the Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson fight um, while getting a slice of pizza and the, watching the rest of it while in the cab ride heading over. So I missed uh, the first three matches. Um, and, people, but for the people who watched, Mike basically missed the first hour of Dynamite. He saw Di- he, uh, Dynamite and the uh, taping for Rampage. Right. Yeah. So um, even though I got there around like 9.20, 9.30, um, I still had wrestling until about essentially midnight to, uh, to see. Nice. So it was uh, still a fair amount of show that I had ahead of me. And it it was a lot of fun. Um, I think I may have gotten spoiled because my first wrestling event was, you know, one of the most stacked cards I think you'll see on free TV and likely a lot of pay-per-view events, maybe outside of a, of a WrestleMania. Mm. So I know for sure I was spoiled in that aspect. But It's a different vibe, though, bro, huh? Like, just like the being – I mean, you've been to a lot of MMA events, I know. Wrestling's a different crowd vibe. It's just my impression has been, especially AEW, which I've only been to one show, but it's not at all the same. It just seems like it's like you're all part of an interactive experience and you're all yeah. trying to have a good time. Really. No, you're right. <laughs> um, especially two particular, uh, three particular parts that happened in the show. Um, we all did the Adam Cole Bay Bay chant, so that was uh, that was pretty nice. 
um, we sang along to Jungle Boy's song, and uh, we all sang along to uh, to Judas. So you, those are things you'd normally see at an MMA event. Uh, yeah. Did you did you not do uh, it's clobbering time with everybody oh, else yeah. for fun? And, and it's clobbering time that one. Yeah, as well. I, I I've had the pleasure. I saw Punk wrestle Mark and I did actually. Mark and Mark and Stefan and I saw Punk wrestle SummerSlam 2011. Marcus was working for Destructoid, right? Mm-hmm. Back then, yeah. I was drunk. I was paying attention. <laughs> oh yeah, Marcus had very free drunk. drinks in the box. That was that was, that was excellent. Advantage. It was it was very entertaining, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, you got to do the Adam Cole Bay Bay. I've never had the pleasure. Um, you saw the Super Click in action, the Young Bucks, um, and Adam Cole went out there. You saw our guy Christian, guy I've been watching since I was 13 years old. I got to see old ass Sting. Oh, people love Sting though. You yeah. saw the motherfuckers. You realize people who grew up on WCW, Sting is pretty much their god. Like, <laughs> that was cool. They put on a hell of a show, man. I saw, I mean, uh, and, and Dr. Baker is seven kinds of over, huh? Yeah. Um, she might be considered the heel, but people were, were, were loving them some DMD. Yeah. How did you do about getting you and me a double date with Rebel and Jamie Hayter? How do we do? How are we doing in that regard? Uh, didn't work out too well. Um, you know, wasn't allowed in, but hey, you know what? Maybe next time. Next time, folks. Next time. We're going to get uh, there. We're going to chase that white whale. But definitely, definitely a good time. Um, uh, next time they are in New York City. No, Bobby, I'm not driving over to Philly, nor to Albany, nor to Rochester, nor to Long Island for a Wednesday card. So next time they Is are Long- in New York Legitimate question. Is Long Island that far for you? It's on like, a is Wednesday, it, is, bro. I'm is, not, I know, I'm but not like you just to went to one in Queens. Like, li- like legit. I mean, okay. Let's say it happens and it looks like a banger. Is it like that much farther for you than Queens? This is a general question. I don't know how far Long Island is uh, for you. I, well, I would need to drive to, to mm-hmm. Long Island. Whereas for the Queens card, we were able to take a cab over there. Only cost like thirty mm-hmm. bucks, forty bucks, and we took the <clears throat> we took the the Metro North the back into the city. So. We were we we were back home within like twenty five minutes. Um, no, so it would be much longer to come back. So if they, as they just announced, you know, for that card, they're gonna do CM Punk and Brian Danielson versus the Young Bucks. You're gonna be like, nah, man, I can't go. Just so I'm clear, that's a possibility with you, because I'm just saying, man, that's gonna be on free TV one day. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll just watch that. I'll watch that at home. Um. Yeah, man, they're putting on a good time, man. I watched both cards. I didn't. I, I know that um, a lot of it leaked. I saw that Homicide made an appearance, and you were right. People got fucking psyched to see Homicide, um, an independent wrestle, independent wrestling legend out of New York City. Um, people got hyped for him. People got pretty excited for uh, Jorge Masvidal throwing a big ass knee. He did. He did his knee, Marcus, to um, Bobby. Hmm. You've been. You guys have been talking about AEW all this time. And I've been vaguely interested here and there. It sounds like a fun time. And then I see this bullshit. I see the American Top Team event where they go out there and Masvidal's throwing his knee. And I'm like, oh, I know this. I don't need this. I told you, I I don't need people. I trust you guys enough to know it's better than this. But that being the only thing I've seen, I was like, well, this is some bullshit. I don't need to be interested in. I I told you how much I'm, like, enjoying watching wrestling these days. And I don't need his bullshit. And... The, the MMA bullshit getting involved. Man threw a nice work knee, though. I'll say that. And then Jericho cut bladed himself. Before that, Jericho, they had Paige Van Zant box up Jericho I, in the gut. I saw. I and saw I was just all, like, Bobby. I and saw I'm just like, yo. I was grimacing the whole time. But I will say, yeah, the knee was good. That was good. But it's just like, 
I, look, I still want to give it a shot. At some point, I'll dip my toe in and give it an honest try. But that being the only thing I've seen so far, I was like, this is not what I'm interested in. You so know what? You'll give it, I'll, I'll order a pay-per-view at some point, and then you can All join right, me for that one. Um, if you didn't notice, I never mentioned American Top Team because I honestly I, I was okay on this event like, or not yeah. because that was a little cringe. Do you know what it is, Mike? Honestly, that. with that whole gimmick, I'm a big fan of Dan Lambert's shtick. I just don't need these MMA fighters around. Like, I'm okay with Dan coming out and calling everybody a bunch of fucking pussies. I'm a big fan of that overall. And I like Scorpio a lot, and I think Ethan Page is super underrated. So, cool them to get a big match and stuff, but yeah. Um, but yeah, AEW keeps plugging along. They're in Rochester, Mike, which is the home of uh, a Brody Lee, the hometown. So, I think we're going to get some tear-jerking moments this uh, this Wednesday night. Um I'm expecting an appearance from Negative One, though I think that family lives in Florida. So, anyway, um, do you got anything else besides the AEW? Uh, yeah, one quick thing. Uh, a shout out to Melissa Joan Hart. Today is 25 years since Sabrina the Teenage Witch premiered. All right, right since on. Since the premiere, not when, not since it ended. No premiere. Didn't they bring that up at some? Bring that back at some point? I think they well, did. That does sound familiar. I think you watched I don't know it, Mark. If she it was, was like a Netflix show. I was more of a Calista. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that was, that was a yeah, that was Sabrina show. Yeah, that was yeah. more to the Archie comics Darker. than. Yeah. Did yeah. you guys see the trailer for Cobra Kai season four? I, I didn't, but I don't. I don't need to. I'm sold. I don't need. They don't yeah, need jazz it, looked, it up for me. It looked real dumb. Did they highlight some fine. type of misunderstanding. I think they're all. They've teamed together <laughs> now to against to go against Cobra Kai. Oh. Because it was a bad um, guy now. Okay. Yeah, and they got so, some pithy so, remarks so the two, from. So they're showing us what's going to happen in the uh, the two middle aged men who are teaming up to defeat the other older old man hmm. with their army of uh, child soldiers. Yes, and there's this yeah. guy from the one of the Karate Kid movies. People are excited to see Terry. Oh uh, yeah, the other middle aged man, Terry Silver, which right. is like from the one Karate Kid movie nobody saw. Yeah. So that's, I know I didn't. I I saw the one where he goes to Japan. I remember that. that, and then when they, that when they brought that, when they pulled that guy last time, since uh, since the eighties. Look, so. the, the white whale is Hillary Swank, right? When are we going to get Hillary Swank in this fucking? That's movie? true. She okay, should. We're, come we're back. not getting Oscar winners in this movie. I don't care if Hillary Swank hasn't done shit in ten years. Yeah, they didn't give Ralph Macchio an Oscar for fucking Karate Kid One. Well, who did they give it to that year, man? So. Pat Morita. Uh, Pat Morita. He should have one. Come on, man. I think I think he does. Was he? he I think he won it or was nominated. For Karate Kid? Yeah. Wow, it was a lean year for movies, man. <laughs> you were just talking about how... I know, but I was making a joke. Like, oh, I mean, I guess he, I mean he, he gave a good performance, all that stuff. He he some I mean, come character. on, he had that whole scene, you know, when he's drunk and... You know, that was what I was thinking out. about. I'm like, he did most of his acting it's, in that uh, scene. He was nominated for Best He was Spoiler. nominated? Okay. Yeah. Well, we got a nominee. Hillary Swank won, though, huh? So, she got at least one. She might have two. Uh, not for... The next Karate Kid. Though. No, I think she wanted for uh, Million Dollar uh, Baby, yep. and I thought it's for Boys Don't Cry. Maybe, I don't know. maybe, yeah, yeah. I don't anyway, um, I don't know where we even were going, but I think that's it for this week, folks. Um, we're gonna talk about these UFC cards uh, next week. Uh, I'm assuming there's another one, another low effort UFC card the following week. Um, well, let's see. Is there? What do you know? There is headlined by. Mackenzie Dern versus Mariana Rodriguez. That is a main fucking event. Mm. That is a main event. Like you said, they're just Yeesh. pushing them out, Bob. Dude, I like what, Dern, what, what, but 
She's not really when, when the fucking TV money is guaranteed. I saw they bought what I thought. I saw that they bought um, a betting platform today for one point two billion dollars. Smart. Yeah, exactly. We should. They, they get that crypto money. They get that gambling money. Oh, it's a fucking crypto. Let's just end the show. But I don't want to talk about <laughs> crypto money and fucking Anik talking about booze, golden ages. Sometimes I look at. I love the guy, but it's tough to. When there's like a good fight going on, and he has to talk about his ever addery days. Sometimes the transitions just aren't no as smooth. No Rogan, as you huh? Want to be. What's that? No Rogan. It was yeah, uh, no Rogan. Felder. Hey, I'm okay with it. Felder and um, uh, DC couldn't make it because he was on a hunting trip. I saw That's Marvin fine. Vittori said that Marvin Vittori was complaining about Paul Felder's commentary, and Paul Felder responded saying, "Am I using too big a words for you, Marvin?" Oof. So dunk right there. Anyway. I was Dr. Law, that was Lavender Gooms, and that was the great DJ Mark. Mm, I beat you up, brother. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. See you all next week. Peace out. See you. Bye.